Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. What up, everybody? It's Mike. We just wanted to give you a quick little heads up. Our interview with Buck Angel is tremendous. And we also talk a lot about sex and identity. And there are some things in there that if you're listening to this at full volume in a preschool, I don't know, maybe you want to reconsider it. Maybe not. That's your call. But we did just want to let you know we talk about things like beep and beep and also beep. So now you know. Also, I was doing that with my mouth because I don't know how to do it in effects. Enjoy the show. The, these mics are really uh, like sensitive. In, sen- like, yeah, so you got to kind of be directly at them. Or they're actually not that sensitive. Well, they're, they're not sensitive. They're like not, we don't have like so, the world's best. You no, it's know, okay. I don't care. But, so basically, what you're saying is I need to get really close. Yes. Like about that away. About the and size. then we usually keep our hands like this the whole time so that we can know exactly. Girl, this is the size of Buck's penis. <laughs> <laughs> Put it the size of your penis. Right here. I'm just going to measure it with this carrot. <laughs> okay, That's the size of my penis. <laughs> and now I'm going to eat it. <laughs> what a great way to start. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, let's go. What up, Mary Jane? Hi, Mike. We have an amazing guest today. We have Buck Angel today. <laughs> Help me, somebody. Yeah, no. <laughs> this is going to be dynamite. I've been looking forward to this for a minute. I, a minute. I was thinking. <laughs> just one minute. Just one minute. <laughs> I was trying to think about it, like how the, the introduction that one would give you is so, I was like, sex educator, sex performer, <sighs> trans icon, trampa, uh, <laughs> fucking cannabis a- activist, <laughs> entrepreneur. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. You know what? Everybody always asks me, how do I introduce you? And I think the first thing that always comes to my mind, am I close enough mm-hmm. to my mind, mm-hmm. <laughs> is human rights activist. Awesome. Really, because I think that puts everything sort of everything I do in that one space. Really, I fight for cannabis rights. I fight for LGBT rights. I fight for human rights. I fight for the reproductive rights. I mean, every kind of. So I'm a human rights activist. Mm. Not so much that I'm trans. I am a transsexual man, but I wouldn't say that's my my 100% my focus. And not, your, not how you lead. Well, also because I don't live my life as a transsexual man. I live my life as a man, mm-hmm. right? I had a sex change. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really important, I think, for your listeners to understand because, you know, I'm 56. I transitioned 20-something years ago. There's a, there's a new language out there, and it's called transgender, mm-hmm. right? We call transgender people who are transsexual or trans, transgender. But there's a difference between these two identities. People don't use the word transsexual anymore because they feel like it's antiquated or that's transsexual is a person like myself who was born female mm-hmm. and basically had a sex change to become a male right. through hormones and through 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 certain kinds of surgery. So it's important that people, I think, I just want your listeners to know that I transitioned to become a man, not to transition to become a transgender man. Right. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. Uh, 
I'd love to you to talk more about like how like the younger generation are really defining the new terms and yes. it's an interesting experience. Yes. Or I, I'm guessing, I'm gathering it must be an interesting experience to have people who are much, much younger trying to tell you <laughs> <laughs> what you can and cannot say or what they find is appropriate. Now, imagine that in the cannabis world. Yeah. Duh. Right? Yeah. We got a bunch of little, new little cannabis kids coming in, which is great. But yeah. all of a sudden now, it's like, this is the way it's going to be. And like, you know, I'm all for the dabs and I'm all for the all of that stuff. I think it's great. But I think it's taken it to a whole other level. Yeah. That, that on some level, uh, I don't want to say I'm fearful, but it just feels very druggish. And really, I'm in this business to create medicine and to create awareness. And I'm not saying that it is dabs or that, but it is taking it to a different level of this idea. Here comes the separation of generations. Okay. Right? My generation of 56 was about smoking weed mm-hmm. yeah. and connecting and having sex parties and, you know, just really where Sounds I don't. Sounds like I missed my generation. <laughs> <laughs> where I don't under. I feel like the new generation of cannabis is about getting high more. It's about really experiencing this high, which is great. I think it's awesome, but I feel that there's more to cannabis than just getting high. So you're really, I mean, you're referring specifically to like the dab culture, yes, right? Yes, the dab culture. Right. There's something about it that scares me. And I don't, I don't want to turn people off of it. I don't want to, it's just my opinion. And it's an old man opinion. Not necessarily. I mean, I, I don't like dabbing and yeah. I know, I mean, I don't know. How do you feel about dabbing? I, I like it, but I don't like all the work I have to do to do yeah. it. Mm. I don't yeah. like pulling out a blowtorch at a party <laughs> and like having that be the move you know that's, that's what i'm talking what about dude like let like, me get my shit out yeah i don't like the yeah. fact that you know there's something that you have to practice called the dab grab where when someone gets dabbed out you actually have to be in place behind them to make sure that they don't hit their head on the floor that after is, they fall i didn't even know over. the dab grab or tree basing which is another term that you know like you've got your torch out to fire up your THC. See, it's a little problematic. Um, it, it can be problematic. Because, again, I'm going to, as we know, we were talking about earlier about cannabis and the legalization of it and how it's moving now into a space where I feel so fucking gra- grateful. Can I say fucking on this? Yes. Yeah, but you have again. to say it like loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way. Just say fucking and then make like a fucking noise. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> but, you know, it's like it, we are so blessed to be in this arena right now. So I kind of feel like people. People are watching us and they're watching the cannabis world. Let's see what these druggies, let's see, because people have this idea of cannabis as this crazy drug. So when we're doing these dabbing things and people see these things, imagine what people are seeing. Mm. That's all I'm going to say. And it's because I know, because I understand what the world sees when they see a person like me. They see a freak. Hmm. That's exactly what they see. They don't see a man with a, a vagina or a man who what used to be a woman. They see a freak. But I've worked very hard to make sure people don't look at me like that. And the way I've done that is to make myself level with them or accessible to them, if that makes sense. And it's how I feel about cannabis. We have to make cannabis accessible to the people who are not okay about cannabis and don't understand cannabis. But if you give them a very easy, very sort of like way that they can get into it where they don't feel forced, where they don't feel like it's a drug, I guarantee you the rest of the world will eventually jump on. But if we got people going (laughs) with blow torches and stuff, that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is. And I mean, I've seen people walk into walls. I've seen people get really too fucked up by it. But also some people argue that it's legitimately medicine. Yeah. And, and I'm cool with that. that it's, a, it's a better 100%. hit. It's a clean, yeah. tasty hit. Yeah. There's right. no muss and fuss and chemically. But can't we figure out a better way to administer it? I think really the admin. Anally. Admi- <laughs> 
<laughs> right on, my friend. <laughs> Pardon me for one second while I put in my dab. <laughs> <laughs> to you by Foria. <laughs> yeah, they have those uh, explore. I'm, yeah, they're great. Explore. They're great. They're they really make sex amazing. Seriously. Like dabs for your butt. Yeah, no. I think actually that might be the next thing. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, really. TM called it. Uh, my uh, hi, I have to give it to High Times. They used to make jokes about different weed companies and stuff back in the day before weed companies and brands existed. And there was one that were little, I was like, we should make an anal lube called High Up the Butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, actually. I just love play on words anyway. It's the best best marketing tool ever. Speaking yeah. of which, what about, uh, can we just talk about buck, Buckshot for a Let's second? Talk about Buckshot. Can we? Yeah. Such a good some. gift. Thank you for bringing some. I'll go get it. Yeah, yeah go get it. But don't drink it. it. Don't unless you're gonna now. take pictures <laughs> we'll watch while you drink it and as your pants rise oh my god <laughs> okay buckshot boner drink enhancement and energy drink with mm-hmm. 15 milligrams of cbd mm-hmm. uh guaranteed to give you a boner guaranteed 100 money back guarantee nobody's ever not had a boner so i created an erection drink if nobody knows what a boner is out there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> an erection drink but the word erection is just not sexy <laughs> and it's not fun i'm i'm a fun guy you yeah. know what i mean like let's have fun and sex is fun so boner is a fun sexy word i think and everyone i haven't had one person go Ew, that's so dumb everyone's like what a great idea like boner drink but that said, it works. 110%. It says it works. last up to 72 hours. If you drank that whole bottle, you would be bonered out for like the whole weekend, dude. <laughs> but oh seriously, I have, it's a three-shotter, but I have most guys take about a half, and they're pretty you know, much about four, four hours maybe. That's fun. Yeah. Four hours is perfect, I think. That's great. Four hours is not too. But really, I, 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 I really can't wait to hear your feedback. And actually, I women can use it too. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited to give it a yeah. try. Like go to the beach and be Yeah. Under, be and with a, a big clit. <laughs> <laughs> your clit is poking through the towel. Oh my God. <laughs> Super clit. <laughs> CBD in a drink that's sexy, which is like the three things that we like to talk about the most are weed and grub. Or drinks and, Reading and, and sex. sex. <laughs> what else is there? Well, Jamie know. Waxman, our friend Jamie Waxman, oh, yeah. is the reason that we met you right. because she said you should go to the And Me Expo. Uh-huh. Right. And uh, just look at all the parallels between the sex industry from 20 years ago and the <laughs> cannabis industry now. I can't believe she said that. That's always what I say, too. Well, That's I think amazing. maybe. Th- and she was like, when we got there, she was like, you have to meet my friend Buck. Yeah, right on. He's the person you have to talk to about all of this. Because do you really see that? Like the oh, sex industry 20 years ago? I say it all yeah. the time. And yeah, yeah. that's why I'm successful in the cannabis business, because I already learned it all from the sex business. So I came into the cannabis business, <clears throat> excuse me, as this gris- business is growing and all the rules and regulations are happening. Yeah. It's exactly like a, a, a dog the way they're making the regulations, but also the way we all get along with each other. Oh, There's this community here that used to be in the adult entertainment where when I started, when I got in it, I knew nothing. I knew I didn't know how to build a website. I didn't know how to market. All these people came and were like, we'll help you. And I was like, for free? And they're like, yeah. We want to share in the abundance of that because back in the day, you made a lot of money in adult. You don't make any money now. No. So I equate it exactly what's happening in cannabis. There is nobody that I have ever been around that said to me, uh, don't look at my stuff or get away from me or I don't want to. Everyone's been so incredibly like giving. Do you, wow. Are you not experiencing that same? Excuse me. In, <laughs> in cannabis? 
Yeah, and cannabis. I know. I, I, I don't necessarily, I mean, I'm not in the branding or marketing or, you know, working for a product part of the cannabis industry. I just write about it. Yeah, but, but even besides that, what about just the people, the people in the industry? Do you not feel that there's a connection that you, but you've been in the industry a long time. I've been around it a really long time. Like yeah, 2007. That you could be jaded. I but what about you? <laughs> don't ask me. I think, I think two things. I think the people I make cool stuff with are really cool yeah. and the people that they hang out with are really cool yeah and that circle continues to grow in a really nice way yeah but because it's becoming legalized slowly across the country i'm yeah. meeting a lot of fuck faces yeah who that's true are uh who i keep my cards close to my chest <laughs> yeah you know? like it's no i know and that's sad i hate to hear that but you're right because money let's talk about cbd sure. yeah that's the whole new sort of frontier but it's scary because it's going to be watered down CBD soon. It's going to be, we've already seen fake CBD on the market, yeah. right? It's like, right. Yeah, it's like, uh, it, oh, your, your bag isn't Louis Vuitton. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. Dude. It says it's Louis so, Vuitton, but it's not Louis Vuitton. But that's why we need to regulate right now. I'm all for regulation. Mm -hmm. I think if we don't regulate and we don't really get ourselves into a very uh, tight uh, regulations, we're just going to have all these wing nuts coming in and like just wanting to get in for money. Yeah. That's it. When you that's what happened to porn. That's exactly what happened to porn and why I see the parallels. Really? Everyone just started getting it. A lot of us really got into it because yeah, for money. Don't get me wrong. I'm a businessman. I mean, I'm in the cannabis business to make money too. I'm also in the sex business to make money, but I also am an activist with both of those things. And I also really live them and believe in them and they are part of my life. So you cannot be a, an activist or you cannot do things without making money. You know that. You, to be able to do this podcast, you need to make money. You can't just do things. So there's nothing wrong with making money. It's your, all about your intentions. Mm -hmm. And people are getting in this business with only the intention to make a million dollars. Right. And that's very dangerous because nobody cares about quality, quantity. I mean, quantity or um, quality or what we're going to do with it or yeah. what's the future well, of it. Because you were just saying, like, before we start recording, how, how much you give back and how that yes. is like an important part of how much money you will hopefully continue to a hundred. It's all about that. I created my, my company call is called pride wellness and pride wellness is, is based on the LGBT community. My partner in the cannabis world is, uh, Leon Mustavoy, and he's also a trans man. So we're about 30 years in the, in the trans world that we've been doing a lot of work. So we believe in our community and we, we see a lot of problems in our community, anxiety, depression, and everybody's on pharmaceutical drugs. Yeah. It's disgusting. Right. And you, it, to treat the anxiety and depression, you mean? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. you will never get better. All right. that's doing is masking the problem. Where cannabis, actually, they're doing studies on all of it. It actually really does heal you on so many levels. Mm -hmm. And so we really created this to create this in our community, to give back to our community health-wise. Because if we can get you off of pharmaceutical drugs, we can also get you out of your anxiety, your depression, and we can also help you move forward in the world. And you're not because you're just pushed down on. And we can create jobs. Mm -hmm. We can create jobs. We can make sure that, I mean, that is everything for me, creating businesses and jobs for my people and giving back. So we, we're doing that now. We're giving back to our community, and it's awesome. It, it, what it's do you so, guys have going on? So you have, we have these vapes. Yeah. So we create, uh, we create the disposable yeah, We hit it just vape, before this. Real carts. nice. Yeah. Try, try this. So fucking good. And they're doing really, 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 really good. But uh, mo the problem right now is, is everything's changing law-wise. So yeah. manufacturing licenses, distributed license. We're signing on with a big company that's going to take us and distribute us. And uh, I mean, it's like the universe is just handy uh. because we have a mission. That's it. 
We have a mission. It's not, we're not in this just to make money. We have an actual mission. Can I ask you something? I have to ask. Have you always felt like you have a mission in life? No. <laughs> really? Oh, no no way, so dude. I'm so shocked. No, I know. Everyone's shocked. Like when they meet, my, when my parents are shocked. <laughs> we have to, first off, I'm 56, right? I love saying that. I'm 56. Yeah. But I was born in 1962. I always felt like a boy. I was raised in the San Fernando Valley here. I was what we called tomboy, right? A little girl that dresses like a boy. That's a tomboy. And I was, you know, I was a little buck and I play with trucks and toys. Like it was totally okay for me to be raised like a little boy uh-huh. because everybody thought I would grow out of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, they always uh, think you're going to grow out of it. And I like to say I grew into it. Yeah. But growing into it is dangerous because nobody knows what to do with you. So I ended up like really flunking out of high school. I have no formal education. I completely ended up like basically, I became a fashion model, which was weird. I was discovered on the street and went to London and was doing all this as a woman. I'll send you pictures because you won't even believe it. Wow. But I was high on coke and and weed and everything I could put in my f- mouth because I was really this guy. But every time I would go and tell people, they would think I was crazy. Yeah. Also, you're like externally being validated for yes, exactly. how you look right then. You're a beautiful... I was a beautiful Woman. lady, and yeah. all I was getting was, oh, my God, you're so beautiful. And I'd be like, I'm not a lady. Yeah. <laughs> so that started the cutting. I would cut myself. Whoa. I tried to kill myself twice. I ended up in a mental, which they called mental hospital back then. Then after modeling, I didn't last because I couldn't do it. I was in London, and I wasn't showing up for my calls. And they were like, well, we, they want, I was one of the very first androgynous female models back in the 80s when it first started. I was, I could have actually been a supermodel. Uh-huh. I mean, I literally physically missed the train to Paris because <laughs> I was so high. Literally. I mean, like literally. And I was so high and they were like, done, done. Yeah, sure. Sent me back to LA. I had nobody. My parents had disowned me. I had no friends. I had nobody. I literally, I lived on the streets in West Hollywood right where you live. Yep. Yep. And I ended up in the park and then I figured out how to make money by prostituting. So it just happened naturally. I was walking down the street, how I look now, like a little dude, but you know, I was a girl, Yeah. but I dressed, I wrapped my tits down and like dress in baggy clothes, like a little gangster dude. And old dudes would pick me up to jack them off or suck their dick. And I never done that in my life, but it's funny how you instinctually know how to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> it just came. I'll stick his dick in my mouth and suck on it. And then like these dudes would come so fast. I'd just be like, there's 20 bucks for rock cocaine. Doom. I would just, that was a cycle. But I went home with this guy. That's like the golden rule. But you don't, cause you, you yeah, don't that. go home with anybody. Yeah. But this guy was a young guy. He was actually really hot and he was actually super nice and he's had a French accent and I'll never forget. And he picked me up and he brought me to his house and I, and he said, we're going to party into tons of Coke. And I was like, right on dude. And then as I'm walking to the house, he taps me like in the back. He says, I know you're a woman. Uh, uh, Holy crap. You don't yeah. even know how scary that is because all these dudes I, I thought knew that I was a dude. Uh-huh. And he said, I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I mean, I honestly, I thought, that's it. I'm dead. Yep. I knew it. I don't yeah. know if you've ever been in a place where you think you're going to lose your life. Yeah. But let me just tell you how, um, I've, this was like oh, 25 or 30 years ago. I, st- I get goosebumps when I think it is so deep in me because I knew I was going to be killed. I knew it. I don't even know how I did this, but I just ripped off my bandages from my tits and let him see my tits. And then I just jacked him off really quick. And he came and it was like he was a whole other person. But before that, he was a serial killer. I'm telling you, he was a serial killer. Wow. It was the most insane. And I went back on the street. I said, take me back to the donut shop, blah, blah, blah. I called this one girlfriend that I still had her number. Mm -hmm. And she said, I will never speak to you again. And I won't pick you up unless you go to get sober. 
And that was it. And 30 years, I'm sober. And I never, yeah, it was amazing. Like, I was saved. So then I got to do my sex change, and then I got to become this guy, and then I, how can I not be happy? (laughs) How can I not be passionate about the things that are given to me, the opportunity? I'm in the drug and sex business. Hello. (laughs) The two things that everyone does. And And I'm a man. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a man. I mean, honestly, shit has happened to me since I've been a man. I mean, I had a horrible divorce. I've had shit happen. It doesn't matter. You can't stop me. You cannot stop me because I am so grateful for the second chance at life. It's a real thing. I've, given, I've been given a second chance, and that means that I have to do something. It means I have to make some kind of change before I leave this earth because there's a reason. There's only a reason why. Yeah. Nothing is by chance. That you were invited to like step into power and be. Nothing is by chance. You sitting here with me and you never believe there's coincidences or chances. I am telling you and your listeners now, you must understand, don't take everything so easily. Everything that's in front of you today is there for a reason, whatever that is. If you're homeless right now, it's for a reason. Mm. Learn from that. I learned from my homelessness. I learned from that. And what did I learn? To give back. Do not just take everything for granted in your life. Don't take the cannabis for granted, children. It used to be illegal. The children today don't know. They're very fucking, they're, they're just like Yeah, and like two, two generations from now, it'll be... Nothing. Yeah. Even today, I watch the youngsters now still a little bit. When I make youngsters, I mean 20-year-olds, you know, right. like, yeah, they don't even think, they could just go into the dispensary here and just like get weed. That's really a gift. Yeah. <laughs> they don't think about it. Entitled. That yeah. That's entitlement. There are people still being locked up all over the country for having a joint oh, on a corner. let's go on that road too. The people of color just slaughtered. Another yeah. reason why we started our business, we're two white dudes, but we come from that, you know, repression and not, not people of color, but as guys who are trans and we understand being marginalized, but we knew they were going to take this business from people of color. Mm-hmm. And we're like, watch this. We're two white Dudes in disguise. Yeah. <laughs> we used to be ladies. <laughs> We're yeah. gonna fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> Work to change the system from within. Totally. Totally. Wow. Do you remember? I mean, when Mike said, "Like, have you always had a mission?" Do you remember sort of like the moment when your light started to shine again after you had gone through all of the yeah, difficulty, like, what, the, yeah. like it narrows and then yeah, it does. Again, right? You're right. Do you remember that moment? hundred percent, I do. Actually, it's a great question. Nobody ever asked me that, so I know exactly. I can tell you right when you said that to me was, I had been about a year on testosterone, and I had started to. I met some gay guys who were gym guys, and I always wanted to have a man's body, like a very muscular male body, and I didn't have that yet. So I met these gay men, and I can't remember where, and they were like, "Come on, we'll start to train with you. We'll train you." And they were like professional trainers, and they literally started to change my body and to really help me build my chest. And I was like, and I'll never forget, like this day, I was with this girl. uh, She looked at me and she said. She was a lesbian too, so of course I was transitioning when we were together. So it was freaking her out because I was. She goes to me. She she goes. I can't. (laughs) She goes. I can't be with you anymore because you're looking like a gym queen. (laughs) I'm like yes. I'm like yes. It's working. I was. I was so like. I was on my way. I was on my way. I t- totally was. And I knew then that I was going to become this man and there was no stopping me. Yeah. Because male privilege is so powerful. Hmm. Oh, what's that like to... Remember I used to be a lady? Yeah. What's that like to... Yeah. You 
one of the special. It's mind blowing. I can't. I you will understand. You won't because you have your privilege forever. Yeah. But she will understand. I was socialized as a woman. Mm. We know what that means. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like everything that comes out of your mouth is sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or like someone bumps into you and you apologize. I know. It's really like you. I've become much more aware of it as a man now. But that said, people forget. I still am a lady in this brain. And I was understanding. Uh, I understand so much more than any cisgender man will ever know. That said, I use that oppression that I used to have now that I am a man with the gift to understand how to bring the oppressed forward. Yeah. Because I am like a spy. That is so true. And I am so a spy, true. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's Nobody so knows. wild too. It's it's wild that I never thought of like the female brain and the male brain. Yes. And because I just see you as a man mm. and but it's hard for me to wrap my head around like like what it's just it's hard for me you to won't. Like realize I could that. explain I know in some level well, you understand it's when conditioning I- right like and I remember a moment when I realized that people saw me as female before I ever because I was raised my sister and I were raised by a dad who just honestly was like you can do whatever you want you can be whoever you want he wow. had rope swings in the backyard for us and he wow. took my sister to dissect her first shark he was a fisheries biologist he's awesome and he was raised by a single mother during the war and so oh. he really like saw yep. her strength and power see that and so he and my mother actually were both raised by single mothers and so he and my mother both were like you can be anything you can do anything and i remember wow. the rude shock when i first had that moment of someone not believing that I could do something because, and I wasn't, you know, I was probably like 12 or 13. It was pretty late though. Like I had my whole childhood where I was like, I could do anything. So I've I've walked through the world with like a fair amount of confidence that I think some, some girls never get to have. Never. But I'm still conditioned for sure. It's not like so much the female or male brain. It's the female and male conditioning. Let me just tell you one thing I, I notice as being a man now. I can walk down any street anywhere in the world and never be fearful. Never. That is something you don't have. We were walking home from a movie last night. We went and saw a movie and I pulled off to the side and Mike was like, what's going on? You okay? And I was like, yep. And a person passed us and I was like, I just don't ever, ever walk with someone behind me. And it was like... He didn't even get it. You didn't even get it. I was like, oh, I didn't even. See, that's male. Listeners, listen up. Listen to all male listeners here. Listen up. It really is a real thing. Women have to fear just walking down the street. Mm -hmm. This is not okay. Mm -hmm. I never fear that anymore, but I remember it. And I'm like, holy crap, I don't even think about going at four o'clock in the morning, walking through New York City back to my apartment, to my place. I don't even think twice about it. Never do I have that feeling. Whereas before, I had been, I've been beat up, jumped, tried to get ra- everything you yeah. can imagine as a dyke, as a as a woman who looked like a man, because I didn't look like this. I still look. I was butch, but it's still, still people could tell. Still, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. people and people don't like butch women. That's a whole other level of like nonsense I had to deal with. I mean, people following me and kicking the crap out of me. And like, it was crazy. Just being a butch woman alone is like an affront. Oh God, they hate it. They just couldn't even handle it. People just hated it so much. Where now I just live free. Yeah. Yeah. I have tattoos, a bald head. I look like a Nazi skinhead or whatever. (laughs) Like people are just like, oh, you must be out of prison. Like I have just this and no one bothers me. Ever. Yeah. I have male privilege up the ass. I can walk into meetings now and get respect. I can talk to men. It's a thing. It's just a thing now where men look at me like a man. Yeah. Even though they know I used to be a lady, they still look at me like a man and they still talk to me like a man. And that's like a a privilege that really 
God. Well, <laughs> I don't about, even know what to say about it. Like, I'm wow. just like, shit, I got it. It's cool. It's cool, but it also makes me nervously just nervous for like friends and people that you, you and every, all of us know who are transitioning from man mm-hmm. to a woman. Thank you. That's a whole other level. Right, you're stepping yeah. out of, you're stepping out of your power into. Uh, they don't understand. Kind of power, right? I think a lot of trans women don't understand that stepping down phase, hmm. because how would they know? I think about it. When you're born with privilege, but you don't know that you're actually going to step out of the privilege. You don't know that unless yeah. you're. You just. There's no way anybody could have ever told me this privilege. I could say, yeah, you could tell me. You know what, dude? You're going to get this most amazing thing. I wouldn't even know what he was talking about. Yeah. It's like me trying to explain to a transgender woman, uh, my friend, some things are going to happen to you that might be upsetting. There's no way she would understand that because she never had to deal with that before. But that's exactly what happens with transgender women. Hmm. They give up their male privilege and they go female. And then now they're trying to deal with how do we deal with this? They have to completely re like train their brains to deal with that misogyny and all the other nonsense. Is it safe to assume that there's an empowerment and in becoming who you know you're supposed to be, though? Yes. Within that? Oh, my, yeah, yeah. They, they, I don't think they would ever change it for a minute, for sure. They love who they are. But the thing is that no one thinks about that, Yeah. Lo- losing your privilege, and how do I deal with that, and how do I learn to do that? But 100% they would still and, do it. Ooh, now you're getting me excited because, and with, like, the activism you do uh-huh. and, like, all the speaking you do about all of this, like— the world is changing right yes, now. So yes. everything that you experienced, hopefully it's gonna shift and it is already. Yeah. It is already. I mean, my God, when I had to when I wanted to transition and I wanted to get hormones, I had to go to therapy. I had to do this whole like literally steps and steps. Now you can just go to the doctor and you could say, I'm trans. I want to take testosterone. I'm not kidding you. Mm-hmm. And then you could say, in two months, I want to have a hysterectomy. And in two months, I want to have my tits ripped off. You could totally do that. Mm-hmm. That's how privileged this youthful generation is. But they don't even know their privilege. That's why I am a trampa. I'm trampa. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I'm one of the old, I'm an elder of the community. There isn't many people like me. You have a lot of firsts. I do, which is really weird. Yeah. I have the first transgender sex toy and sex toy line. Uh, I made the first uh, trans male porno. Yeah, I created the genre of trans male porn. Wait, really? Oh yeah, I created that genre. So you walked onto a set? No, I created my own set. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about first. Stop. Stop. I know that sounds insane. Sorry, I don't. (laughs) Please don't think I'm. It's not my ego at all. Like I'm so not ego. We can talk in facts. Yeah, (laughs) but truly, yeah, it didn't exist. And one day, I mean, really. This is how I know the universe wants me to be a dude with a pussy. I'm not kidding. Because one day it literally came to my mind. I'm like, there is no trans male porn. There's trans women porn. It's like the number one selling porn. This was almost 19 years ago. Wow. 19 years ago. And nobody, and I was like, I got to do this. I'm like, fuck Angel, a man with a pussy. Damn right. And I fucking did it and everybody hated me. <laughs> everybody really? hated me. Oh my God. The adult industry hated me. The transgender world hated me. Everybody hated me. Hated me because they said what I was doing was weird or freaky. And I'm like, yeah, 500 man gangbangs isn't freaky. Whatever. Right. I'm not judging, but like, come on. Clown porn. Jump, gum chewing porn. There's like, Bigfoot porn trending right now. Totally. Yeah. Uh. But I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> But your impact was like industry wide. I mean, I remember hearing about you in, you know, wherever I was living at the time, like fucking London. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. No, eventually three years 
of not giving up. And that's what really my message is to everyone. Don't, if you passionately feel that you need to do this, do it. Mm -hmm. You owe nobody nothing. You only have, you only owe yourself to be truthful, honest, compassionate, and find out what you need to do to make change in this world. But everyone kept telling me no, and ah, I'm a pit bull. You cannot tell me no. They told me I couldn't be a man. Here I am today. Yep. All those people who told me no, that you're just a lesbian. Nope, you just have to do this. Nope, you just have to deal with having your period. Oh, God, this shit people told me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have to prove you wrong. <laughs> it's pretty much always, it's, I have to prove people wrong that cannabis is not a drug, that it is a medicine, and that as a sober person, you can use cannabis. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really hate that they tell us in sobriety that we are not allowed to use a medication that is natural, but we could use pharmaceutical drugs. Are you allowed to use pharmaceuticals? If yes. That's why they're full of shit. AA saved my life. I will always say that about AA. But the problem that I have with Alcoholics Anonymous is that it keeps you trapped in the program. That is not what Bill W. ever wanted. He wanted you to get sober, do your shit, get the fuck out, and go back and live your life. Mm-hmm. That is the basis of Alcoholics Anonymous. Now it's a cult. Uh And I will say it here loud and clear. It's a cult. Meaning what? Like there's no escape? Everyone's tripping out right now because I'm the man who doesn't give a shit. I'm not fearful fearful of anything. It's my opinion. Right. Sure. It's my opinion. Yeah. And it's my opinion because I lived it. And I was in that program for like five years and I got super sober, but I started to feel like, hmm. I'm being told what to do too much. Hmm. And I started to think about that. Like there's too much structure. You should have structure in the beginning of your sobriety, 100%. But the whole point of getting sober is to get well. How can you get well if you're only in the same environment over and over and over? They don't encourage you to go out. They do not encourage No. You're only allowed to hang out with sober people. That that doesn't seem culty to you. That seems culty to me. You read out of a book Mm -hmm. the same thing over and over and over again, and you have to do these steps, and you have to do these things, which are all great for only a specific amount of time. Mm -hmm. What other kind of rehabilitation do they keep you in forever? Jail. <laughs> Against your own will. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My therapist always says like her job is to have me not be in therapy. She's yes, like, you know, I love that, her. You know, she's a great therapist. She's a wonderful therapist. She like, gets ultimately, it. Ultimately, you're not going to be. You'll come in for a tune-up if you need it, but. Yeah, we'll get to a place where you don't have to come in Wellness. So much. It's called yeah. wellness and yeah. that that's the whole point of cannabis and mm-hmm. why I create cannabis for wellness. And you can't, I am sober 30 years. Go fuck yourself if you tell me I'm not. It's my sobriety. I hate, people are like, you're not sober. I haven't drank one drink of alcohol or I haven't done one single drug for 30 years. How am I not sober? Those are the things that took me out. I've been yeah. smoking cannabis for five years now. Hello, I seem to be very successful. I seem to be very focused. I seem to be very on the go. Yep. So I'm, I I am really out and visible as this sober person for a reason. Not, it's not about me. Yeah. It's not about me at all. It's about the world of cannabis. And it's also about teaching other sober people to get your shit together. (laughs) Stop relying on, on programs and people to fix you. You can only fix yourself. Nobody can fix you. Be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Be honest. If you're taking Oxy but you're sober, that's not sober. No. Why did you smoke the, for the first time five years ago? Oh, because I have complete, total, gnarly insomnia. 
Oh, shit. Oh, it's the worst. Because I travel like mad, you know, that I'm yeah. always on the go. And I'm just like, Ugh. And then I, when it was time for me to relax, I started taking sleeping pills. Mm. Nope. Oh, my nope. God. Drugs. Yep. Drugs. I would wake up in the morning going, wow, it feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I would take another one because sleep was more important to me. Mm. Right? Your whole brain is getting rewired to like, whoa. Yeah. Oh my God, without sleep, it's horrifying. It's just horrifying. I just was not functioning and I was getting totally anxiety. I was becoming depressed, everything. So my buddy goes, dude, try cannabis. I'm like, dude, I'm sober. I can't do that. It's like, just try it. You're taking sleeping pills, dude. I'm like, good point. <laughs> so I remember the first time I had smoked a joint, I was like so stoned. I mean, I hadn't done drugs forever. So I was like, wow. It's like, what? Because it had become different. Yeah. In yeah. my day, you bought like stuff from the streets that was like, what, you know, like all smushed and like brown and brown. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you would literally, I would go on the corner down here and for like $5 and call it a nickel. They would literally stick their hand in a paper bag and pull out this much weed, <laughs> like a handful for five bucks. It was yeah. crazy. But I remember I felt so high. But then after. I started doing it for like a week or two. Then I was like, oh, I sleep like a baby. Yeah. And that was it. I was, that was it. I just started to do it after that. And what do you, what do you, what do you like? You obviously you have your uh, Indica is my, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a hardcore Indica because that's what makes me sleep. But I like sometimes if I'm hanging out in the day, like, I don't know if there's an actual specific strain that's my favorite. Mm -hmm. I've been trying all these different, I, that's the other thing I love about it. All these different strains. Right. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. it's just so fun trying everything, Different and it's like flavors. candy. <laughs> yeah. So do you do you eat weed edibles at all? Yeah, I do, but I'm not. I'm not really. I don't. That's not my. When not I travel, thing. chocolate because mm -hmm. I travel, so I do bring when I do travel. I actually bring my vapes with me. Yeah. Because look, it looks like a pen, or it just looks like whatever. Who cares? Nobody yeah. ever knows. Put it in your toiletries bag. Yep. Totally. Yeah. And I actually don't tr go to Europe. When I go to Europe, I uh, um, uh, never go to Asia. Oh. With weed. Okay. Let me just give everybody, listen to me. Heads you will, up. don't, don't not. They will actually arrest you and put you in prison for the rest of your life or kill you. They killed a kid in Singapore, yeah. 16 year old. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Because he had a joint or some crap in his bag. Like they don't play. I'm not kidding. They do not play there. That's the only place in the world, maybe the Middle East. Singapore, I think, has the most punitive. They're the har harsh. Drug penalties. They're, yeah. 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 Most. Dang. I didn't even bring pills. Like I was going to bring, and I was like, nope. No, don't bring. I actually bought a new backpack. <laughs> I did. I, did. I, did. Like, uh, I, I, I know that we have to wrap up as far as like how long we've gone, but I, I had one more question that um, I, what do you wish you would have known when you were transitioning that you could tell other people transitioning about now? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think um, the thing I always say to the kids, because one thing that I do notice that, that they want it now slow down it's a journey it's still a journey for me i'm still changing we're still oh. forever and ever you will change mentally physically all of it just like a cisgender person so going through puberty you should enjoy it don't rush it you know they all want to have mustaches and have muscles like me and look like trampa like this took years <laughs> and it also took focus and so the kids just want instant gratification. And I really think that comes from instant gratification world that we live in, right? You can have anything you want at the tip of your fingers. You can order food and like have it in five minutes. Yeah. So they're not used to waiting and yeah. growing. And so that's the one real message that I like to give them. Just relax and enjoy it. Because if you push on it, it's not going to be a good transition. 
and make sure you're doing it for yourself. This is a big one. Not because your friends are doing it and not because maybe you are. This is a life-changing experience. I lived as a male without hormones and without surgery for about a year before I transitioned, which was what you were supposed to do back in the day because they wanted to make sure that you were making the right choice. So I lived as buff, masculine, male, but I look like a woman, but I would go around saying, I'm a he, I'm a he, I'm a he, which really actually helped me to become a stronger person on some level because I still had to be this person, but I looked different. Today, when you misgender a kid, they fucking lose their minds. This misgendering thing has gone out of control. There's a lot of trans guys who haven't started transitioning and they look like you. They still look feminine, Mm -hmm. they still present feminine, Mm -hmm. and people will say she to them. So they get pissed and they're like, I'm like, dude, you look like a lady. People go by visual. Yeah. You can't get mad at that. All you can do is educate. Yep. So it's like really kids, just really the most important thing is to really make sure this is for you and to really just slow down. And I think that's a pretty universal message. Mm-hmm. It is. Slow down. Slow and steady. Yeah. Slow down. Especially, that's wild. Like, do you remember the first time you bought jeans? <laughs> <laughs> why what's your jean story uh, no, i don't know i'm sure it's not the same well, as like, guys jeans you like oh, you just get jeans. such a different so, like oh my god are you kidding me i like upset well my we grew up on riding dirt motorcycles right so my dad i have to show you a picture of my dad and my dad's a pretty handsome man but he was a ex-football player and like he was one of those athletic dudes and like he used to wear white t-shirts tight levi's with black like lace leather boots like tom of finland and yeah. then i would just always be looking at my dad when we were going motorcycle riding and i that was my image of the masculine man and then like that was always my image and i have been so obsessed with this like old school masculine image forever and i got that totally from growing up but i totally forgot your question oh, buying jeans and then oh, you got jeans, jeans. So then, <laughs> when i was a kid i was like levi's levi i'm obsessed with levi's uh-huh. mm-hmm. and then i remember the first time my mom bought me levi's and i just like i think i would like pee to my pants yeah i never took them off but mm. i wasn't allowed to wear them to school mm. i had to dress like a girl or go to school mm. which was a total nightmare <laughs> <laughs> What do you, what do you want to like, is, I mean, okay, look, well, my, I'm definitely going to take buckshot and you right have, on. you have sex toys and you have vapes and you have buckshot that I can't wait to try. And, and I have my website, pridewellness.net, yep. uh, which is uh, the, the company that makes the legacy vapes. And that's my partner, Leon on there. And you can read all about our company and what we, our focus is and what we're doing. And then my website, buckangel.com and. You can just find me everywhere. People Twitter. can find, like, if, yeah. Pretty easy. Someone yeah. comes Everything to LA, Angel. they can find you. Oh, right? yeah, totally. Like, I was walking in the supermarket. I forgot where I was, somewhere, Sprouts or something. And I, remember, I just felt this guy following me around the store. And it's happening more and more. It's like the weirdest thing. And then finally, he's like behind me on the thing. And he's like, are you Buck Angel? <laughs> <laughs> oh! I'm like, dude, it's totally cool. I'm super approachable. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It was just like, I mean, I, I, it's so weird when people shake around me. I mean, physically shake. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know what to think about that. Honestly, I don't. Because I'm not into being famous. It is not my thing. I don't, it's not, I don't think of myself as famous. I think of myself as a known person, which is, I think, I try not. I just don't want to ever, ever get sucked into some egomaniac place. So I'm always trying to check myself and ground myself around that. So when I see a person like shaking, I'm just like, my God, like really? I'm like that powerful to you on some level. Yeah. Which is really like, I have a lot of gratitude for that. I I do. People listen to me and they hear me and I feel it. 
more and more. I feel the, uh, the I feel people hearing me, mm-hmm. and I cool. feel people wanting to hear me, and I feel people hearing my message of compassion and empathy and coming back together as people. I hear, I see, I see people want it, you guys. Yeah, they want it. See, and that's the approach that I think is go- is why we're going to survive this administration. Yeah, that kind of like kindness. Yeah, that kind of like putting out where you're like, what's the word where you put your mouth where you're. Yeah, put your, put your put your money where your, your mouth, mouth is. is. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, put your mouth where your oh, that could go anywhere. <laughs> oh gosh, your mouth. But I think like even the people who aren't necessarily able to articulate things like you do, or or don't even they might be even morally conflicted. They might mm-hmm. you know have grown up Republican, mm-hmm. or you know be, have been raised in a very evangelical household mm-hmm. that doesn't tolerate gay people or whatever it is. The, the, I think the bend the the arc of history bends towards justice, right? Yes. And all of those people will know that ultimately you know what's right at the heart even if it's not what you're taught what's mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that people who grow up with those bad th- those ideas of things being bad and good they really know in their hearts like i mean god you can be I, a republican and not fucking support anything that's happening no, right now this is this so is, true you, but i have to tell you i believe that at the core i do believe at the core humans are great and they really do want to be but on the other side of that do not ever think that there are not evil people Mm-hmm. It's real. It's real. They have been, uh, th- th- there's people who are so evil. The administration, those people do not care about us. No. They do not care about anything other than financial gain. Other than that, they don't have any heart. They don't. They don't care. So that's the part to me that is the scariest part because we are fighting against real people who really seriously do not see us as people. Yeah. They don't see us as people and they do not have compassion or empathy for us and they will take us out like and not even yeah. think twice about it. I mean, I then mean, there's no I, I I don't know how else to get it across because we all have compassion here. Yeah. We are all we have feeling. I don't even know how to get it across because how can you understand that if you've never been an uncompassionate or non-feeling person? Yeah. Mm-hmm especially with what you've come through the other side on. Yeah. I mean, I've been in death. I've been in death. I have. I'm, I'm that's why I know I've been in death and no way. Fuck you. I'm not going, (laughs) I'm not going And that. But, but, but my point is there are evil people. History does repeat itself. And there are people out there who are not part of this human race, but are something other than, and they have been really taken over and that we cannot, in any way lose sight of because that when you lose sight and you become complacent which is what happened a lot i would say with the lgbt community when we started losing rights is because we just got yay we got gay marriage i mean really we were just like that we were like we got gay marriage okay we're done we're gonna be a family now and have kids and oh my god are you kidding me that's why they attacked us Mm. because that was just the tip of what the iceberg could have been with cannabis we cannot become complacent and just say oh corporations are going to take us up no go fuck yourself no that's not going to happen we are a part of the growth of this and we have been in it from the beginning and like yeah you might see the money part of it but we we cannot be complacent and let them take it because it will ruin the whole done done it'll just become drugs that's fucking wild man because like you always think there's a finish line and you finish what you start but with this there's no finish line but you've got to keep trying to finish yes like that's a, that's, <laughs> no, that's wild a analogy because you're right we're all lost yeah because we don't have a direction because we don't have laws we don't have anything there everything keeps changing we don't know where this is gonna go where that's gonna go you know what i mean it, yeah it's in a very pat it's in a holding pattern it's crazy <sighs> 
kick open the door of the saloon and let everyone know you're there. Right on. Yeah. Damn. With weed. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're smoking a joint. Yeah. You're kicking the door. Uh. And I brought chicken wings for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Total stoner I said stoner. Oh! oh! We got to go. All right. All right, good. Are you going to call it? Let's call it. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you.